Should Christians sell to other Christians? We're going to cover this topic and a whole lot more on this week's edition of the Monday Christian Podcast. Listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program dedicated to helping you put into action the truth of God's Word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. And now, here's your host, Ezra Beyer. Well, hey there, welcome aboard. Thanks so much for taking some time to check out this podcast and uh, hope that it's helpful to you. And today we've got something very interesting that we're talking about topic of should Christians sell to other Christians? And this is a topic a lot of people wrestle with within the church. And uh, lots of Christians uh, really don't know the answer to this. And so it's going to be very interesting. And so to talk about this, I'm bringing on my friend Jermaine Wall. Now, if you've been to themondaychristian.com, if you've been to discoverypointchurch.ca, both of those sites were actually created and developed by Jermaine. Uh, He's done websites for numbers of different, whether it's music groups, authors, and uh, he lives about 20 minutes away from where Janan and I live in East Scarborough, Ontario. He's got a passion for God, and so I thought, hey, this would be great to bring him on board and uh, interview him and ask him some of the questions that he, as a small business owner, um, that a lot of times Christians as small business owners, the questions that maybe you are having if you're in a position where perhaps you were um, in a corporate job or, or a different form of employment and now you're self-employed and the different challenges that come with that. Um, it challenges of being a Christian and being self-employed. There's some unique challenges there as well. So we get into a lot of different things. And so if you're a Christian, you're self-employed, or you know some others that could benefit from this, this is going to be a very interesting listen. And like I said, I hope it's helpful to you. So let's go ahead and get right into it. All right, today on my podcast, it's great to have my friend Jermaine Wall, and uh, actually, a little while ago, I did an interview with him, and got finished the whole interview, and uh, realized that the audio recording was all messed up. So, Jermaine, this is going to be an amazing podcast, because this is our second run in it, so it must be, it must be good. Yeah. So, uh, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. And uh, for those of you that don't know... Um, Jermaine is does so many different things, and he set up actually he set up our entire the Monday Christian website. And if you've been on there, if you've checked that out, uh, just did a great job with that. Um, also, he set up our Discovery Point Church website as well, and I really really appreciate. So just right off the top, Jermaine, man, thank you so much for, for doing that. You're welcome, that. man. You, and uh, you paid me a lot of money, so. <laughs> well, well, thousands tell us, and thousands tell us a, and thousands. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. $30,000 later. There you go. We better have something, huh? There you go. <laughs> um, tell us about what you do. What's, what, are the, what are the essentials of, of uh, you know, just the fundamentals of what you do day in and day out? Right. So I say big picture. Uh, I exist at the intersection of creativity, faith, and um, entrepreneurship. And so... What that looks like for me is just, I think God has been really good to me. He's given me a lot of opportunities to set my life up where I can use those gifts in in increasing ways. Uh, My main source of income and my main time is devoted to um, my graphic and web design business that uh, is growing by the grace of God. And uh, I've also seen it uh, amount into other um, spheres such as into the music industry and uh, into creating uh, um, different products for uh, different times of my season. Sometimes ones that have just existed for a few months, like uh, some greeting cards I made last Christmas uh, that had a very particular style. And and then oftentimes it, it spills over into my local church where I'm able to serve with the AV team and serve with uh, social media and the website and so on and so forth. But uh God is giving me more and more opportunities to do that, and I'm just really thankful for that. Well, again, where can people find you online? So my two main websites would be germainwall.ca. That is my main kind of hub website that 
kind of hosts everything. And from there, you can connect to all of the other stuff that I do. And then there's also cabinetcreative.com, which is uh, my main graphic design and web design business. So, Yeah, I just, one of the great things, I think, about... Um, website design all of that is it's so it's not just limited to a geographical region it's it's all over so for those of you listening in the states or or other areas uh, man connect with jermaine he's he's affordable um does a really really great job works with you well and so that's just my shameless self-promotion of of what uh, jermaine does uh re- really good stuff so jermaine we're gonna get into some interesting stuff today and I'm encouraged because all the time I'll connect with people who are inside the church. They want to launch a small business. They want to, they have products that they're doing, whether they're in direct marketing sales, uh, uh, multi-level marketing companies, um, all these different things. And, um, and I guess, you know, so, what, um, you know, you've written on your blog before about different things okay right. of, of how christians can do this well um so what are the things that makes you know let's just get start here how does someone know if they're an entrepreneur and and um as opposed to being someone that works inside of a corporate structure how do you know if okay this actually might be a good fit for me to go out and start my own business and or start out on sales and working on a commission basis. Right. What are your thoughts on that? I would probably give you three ingredients. The first one would be, uh, are you a visionary? Are you a person that naturally or supernaturally is able to come up with ideas? Ideas uh, that not are only, that only seem good, but ideas that will truly help people, ideas that will truly uh, result in uh, in life change, whether it's a simple product or it could be something as big as a church or whatever. The second ingredient would be uh, execution. So I know a lot of dreamers. I have a lot of dreamers in my circle, but I would call none of them entrepreneurs uh, if they don't have the ability to execute in some some type of way, whether it's uh, enrolling the help of other people or uh, having the knowledge and the drive to kind of pick up those those skills to to kind of execute and do those things. So right, right. whether it's sourcing products or developing services or or whatever, making sales or whatever, you have to be able to execute on the vision that you have. So you have the vision and then you have the mission. And then the third thing I would say is that's a little bit less tangible is that itch, the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial itch. Uh, you know, if you if you don't have the itch to to kind of go out and do those things, and you don't enjoy taking risks, and you uh, you don't really want to do it, then you know, and that itch it amounts into how quickly you get up after you fail, uh, how excited you are to launch and see pro- like follow through on on ideas that you have. Um, you need to have all three, or else I don't think you can call yourself an entrepreneur. What percentage do you think of the people that you work with originally come to you and they say, "Hey, I've got this idea to do this." And then as you're listening to them, you're like, man, I don't know if you're actually really cut out for this. Is there a rough percentage of what that looks like? Do, do- yeah, I mean, you know, I'd say more than half. And uh, I think... I think More, it, more than half. They, they're not cut out for it. And I, and I think the reason is because uh, with the, you know, the internet and with, you know, just access to content and stories about people launching. Shark success. Tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. that's been part of our culture for, right. for years now. Uh, there's just, I think it's given people a lot of hope and a lot of drive to do those things. But my concern is that a lot of those people don't have the fundamental skills to do it. And it's kind of like, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and we were talking about uh, growing up in Canada and what you hear from your guidance counselors, which is you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. Yeah, I was in the States too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Neglecting yeah. to tell you, right. you know, it's not just hard work. It's not just desire. It's actual tangible skills and giftings and wirings. And and so I think that has created like this kind of uh, false image in people's mind. Like, yeah, I can do that. Not really understanding that you're going to want to quit a lot of the time. Uh, you're going to have a lot of people tell you that your product or your service sucks. 
uh, you're going to fail a lot. You know, it's going to be hard. Um, you're going to borrow money. You're going to lose money. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, and when I sit down with a lot of people who have these great ideas, they simply in many cases don't have the ability to execute and I th- I'd say if you can't execute it, you should at least have the money to pay someone else to execute it. And yeah. <laughs> if you can't do <laughs> right, that, then, right. then then you're pretty much dead in the water. So, Well, talk about your journey because you're there. You're living it. Yeah. And, wh- I, and talk about when that began. That was, was that a couple of years ago that you decided to make that break and say, right. I'm going in all for myself? Uh, when was that time? And... What were the thoughts that went through your mind when you decided to make that leap? So it was about three and a half years ago now. Uh, I was working for a mid-sized nonprofit organization as a marketing coordinator. And uh, while I was working there, um, I just found that um, I was naturally bent towards having new ideas and I was able to kind of see problems and come up with solutions to kind of help make things more efficient and make things better or even things not even just tweaking things but coming up with new uh processes or you know concepts to kind of propel the organization and as as i worked there i felt like there were fewer and fewer opportunities to do that and so i started getting in trouble because i would during my work time i would start working on outside jobs and I got in big trouble because my coworkers noticed that my my efficiency and my and my dedication was dropping by the day. They would know they would see me working on other jobs, and they eventually uh, told our managers, and they sat me down and they gave me a big talking to. And uh, you know, I think for me that was like a big. I remember my wife saying like, "I don't think you're cut out for this life where you have to go in every day do the same job." not have your ideas heard um you're you weren't right for doing what you did but i don't think you can proceed like this unless the job is going to change you need to find an, either a new position or you need to figure out uh another path where you can actually honor god with your work because you're not doing it here and at that time work was really picking up for me i had n- a number of people calling me emailing me asking me for websites for videos for different graphic jobs and uh Basically, for me, it was kind of like if I can replace up to half of my salary with entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, with jobs, contracts, then I will quit my job. And I think it was from October, November, December, I started noticing the contracts come go up and up and up. And uh, yeah. So about so 50% was your number. Yeah, 50%. Okay. Because in my mind, it was like if I can get to 50%, while I already had a 45 hour job, then I think that, you know, with the ideas I have and obviously with God's grace, the other 50 will be easy to get. Yeah. You know, but it was still hard because, you know, beyond that, we were giving up benefits and, you know. Yeah. All the self-employment issues that come with that. Okay. Interesting. So what would you say to the person right now that is, let's take music. Okay. Because you've worked with different. Right. Uh, music groups they've they think they have a voice and maybe they do who who knows and they can play on the guitar a little bit and they can they've got you know a decent mic and they're starting to record a little bit in their house and they're saying okay where do i go from here so what would you say to a person like that who says all right you know and they come in their initial dream is to be the next u2 or something like that sure how do you ground them in reality and what do you say to a person like that i'd say there is a very good chance that you're not good (laughs) yet yet (laughs) yeah and that the process the journey of becoming good at what you do if you are in fact good like if it if you have skill and charisma that's kind of under the layers that you just need to kind of pull out and you could you have something that you can present to the world that's unique that process comes through lots of exercise, lots of practice. So I would say record, release, record, release, do shows, get active, don't quit your job, do shows in the evening, record singles, put them up online, uh, get feedback, change it, do different things, just like experiment a lot. 
activity is the is the way forward and practicing that the, that process of releasing new music receiving feedback building on what you did before and it that applies to any type of business you know i would say even applies to church you know like you do your sunday service you see what you did good you see what you you could improve on you do it again next week you launch a bible study do it one week change some stuff and you build on it right a lot of entrepreneurs uh including musicians they put one out two out they don't get the results they want they get super discouraged then they kind of fade away yeah that's tough it's tough with the rejection isn't it because I i was reading a story back a while ago it's been months and months ago but where there well you go on so so like insta i think it's instagram or, or twitter one of those where you can buy likes sure and and it's just amazing that you can do that for yeah. number one right but in the, they would talk about young girls even and not just young girls but in this case that's what they were talking about where they would post something and if it wasn't received well they would take it off if they didn't get you know 20 or 30 likes within sure. a couple of seconds sure they're taking it off and actually even with the, the recent uh, 2016 u.s presidential campaign same thing too uh, that with uh, was uh, hearing about Donald Trump's campaign, they would often tweet stuff out, and and if it wasn't received well, they would pull it within seconds, sure. and ga- constantly gauging that. Yeah. And so living in this world, it's tough, isn't it? To if we're not getting that positive feedback, how do we how do we divorce that or keep that separate right. from who we are as a person, like who we are in Christ? Sure. And allowing like who we are online and the sure. likes we're getting, how do we keep those two separate in a way? You right. get what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. First of all, I think like when you look at those those people who put stuff up, pull it down, you could see there is some sort of itch in their life to keep it moving. Like for the people who I say that peel away, maybe they try a product or two and they they they, they flake off. Those are the people who may not have that itch because they can't separate it. Like they, they are receiving inherent, they're, they're seeking joy in their work, which in the right context works, but in most doesn't, right? Yeah. Um, I would say that in one way, you should strive to be the same person you are online as you are in secret. I think that's a pretty biblical model. Interesting, yeah. Right. But at the same time, uh, you have to, I think every Christian is given a very like general vision Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, we would say that's God's will for our life. Mm-hmm. And so you have to stick to that vision that God has given you, which is, you know, what's God's will? It's his will that we should grow. It's his will that we should be in community, that we should grow in the word, that we should be more spirit led, be, you know, etc. And so if you are allowing the feedback of people on the Internet to derail you from that, then you shouldn't you, you should either have to rethink what you're doing or you have to just pull away from it and not everybody's meant for that sphere yeah you put yourself out there and you are going to be the subject of scrutiny you know or worse nobody says anything yeah and you have no idea and you're like everybody hates i know me. For, for me that's yeah. worse yeah it is worse i mean depending i guess if you get really bad feedback that yeah. can be hard but yeah in general yeah. if you don't hear anything it's like yeah I'm a loser. No yeah. one can. <laughs> and so you yeah, can't, you have those initial thoughts. Of yeah, course. yeah, it happens, right? right? And so you right. can't allow that to de- derail your vision, yeah. the vision that God's giving you for your life. And then there's a specific vision. So like what God has called you to do as an individual. And so if it's from God and your the vision is like, let's say you have a very particular, uh, like you're a musician and you're an amazing guitarist and vocalist and you're putting stuff out there and people aren't liking it. If the vision from God is, I want you to represent me on the global stage and you're going to do this, then you have to stick to it, right? Nothing yeah. can derail you from that vision. It's just that the process of entrepreneurship is, I would say, a refining of vision in that you get a vision and you think it's a vision, but then some of that vision is actually preference. And I'm sure right. you've seen this in your own church or in your own website. You start off with your vision and then as you build your church, you start to realize that, oh, maybe that was just preference. Like I really wanted a worship team to look a certain way and God has a different vision for what that worship team looks like. Right. You stick to the general vision, which is like he's called you to to, to, to lead the sheep, to feed his sheep, to care for them. But there are some things in the specific vision that you have to sacrifice to do the bigger thing. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Good, good, good thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Talk about your own journey here and um, some of the darkest days that you went through in the, especially the early months sure. of when you switched over. What was, give me one or two really, really hard times where you maybe were thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make this. So I would say, okay, so the big, the darkest moment was, I think, around month eight, month six to eight of that first year. Okay. Um, I got really burnt out and... I was and I ended up taking jobs that where I was like severely underquoting, undercharging people. But as anybody in business knows, like when you charge, if you charge five bucks or five hundred dollars, the expectation is the same. And so I was doing jobs for fifty bucks, hundred bucks here and there. Um, we were making ends meet. It was really challenging. Uh, we were really broke. It was that first summer actually, and you know, like. You can imagine like August is a terrible month for, for my industry because everybody's gone on vacation. Right. Um, Which I got to just stop right there. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Yeah. But I think the entrepreneur who's listening, this is a real struggle, isn't it? When you first get started and your initial pool is a lot of times just friends and people that you know yeah. around you. I know for me when I was um, in writing books, okay, you have all the shipping costs and right behind yeah, you you yeah, see yeah. all those stacks of books that i have <laughs> and and um and so oh. you get do the initial shipment and then we just got a new shipment and okay so now that's gonna, going to go out to people right yeah i don't like charging people yeah like i hate it yeah i hate it. if someone comes up to me like in our church i've never charged anyone in our church for a book I'm right. just, i give those out but it was really hard for me at first yeah to get over that hump and saying okay and then I'm like, well, I guess if I don't charge, I'm not going to be able to put more books out. Yes. I mean, it's, so how do you balance that? So really, you know, with that dark season, man, I remember I burned out and I talked to uh, a couple of mentors of mine and one specific one, he said, um, you either should get like in the ideal world, you'll enjoy the job and get paid well. Second ideal is you get paid well third ideal is you enjoy it but you don't get paid anything or you get paid nothing right and the worst case scenario is you don't enjoy it and you don't get paid well (laughs) which is where i was at yeah so he said you have to do two things you have to be better at choosing the jobs that you take and the second thing is, is you have to charge more because even if you don't uh like the guy or you don't like the job that you're doing, even if you if you're making good money, like at least you can justify like you know within your conscience. I'm not saying like I'm gonna go work for Jack Beam and and sell liquor or whatever. But exactly. Like, yeah. It, within your conscience, if you know that this is what what this is a good thing, but you don't like the job, like it's just boring or it's complicated and it's hard, you should at least get paid well for it. Yeah. And so I think you because you can to, volunteer and do other stuff on your own. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if it's really passion driven, right. you could become a musician, <laughs> right. get paid nothing or very little. But uh, uh, so I was that was that was a very that was a good word at that season. And I raised my prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I, I would get a sense of who like maybe it was a client that I didn't really like their vision or I, I didn't really want to work with them. I would jack my quote up really high, so like ten thousand dollars, so where I normally charge a thousand. Yeah. And true story, I had one client say yes. Wow. Yeah. And wow. I, and I, and nobody knows about the job that I did. It was it was morally fine, but I didn't really like the guy, and he he ended up paying me five thousand for a website. It was like the most I ever made. Yeah. But yeah. You know what? Like I was able to go back to my wife and to my kids and 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 pay rent and. And uh, put food on the table and pay down some on my credit card, and it just felt good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that that's helpful. And so, what is there a general um, principle? I know being in Canada, being in the states, it can be a little bit different. But let's talk about what you do, because there's probably a number of website design, graphic design artists that might be listening. Um, is there a general rule for what you should charge? Let's say, especially just starting out. Um, so you haven't really developed, maybe you've developed your skill pretty well, but there's, you know, that you've probably still got a little bit to go before you're charging top dollar. Is there a general guideline of what you should charge starting off? Well, in Canada, there's literally a book that tells you what to charge (laughs) that's made available by the graphic design. What's that called? Association. I don't know the book. Okay book was too expensive okay i was like you just skipped 100 bucks i didn't buy the book couldn't afford the book but (laughs) um i think um i think 
uh, how, so how do you figure out what to charge? Yeah. This is the question, right? Yeah. I think doing some research is important. So finding out what, uh, there's two sides of it, what your clients would pay for X, Y, Z, and then also finding out what your competition charges. Mm-hmm. And so for the competition side, I've like, this might be deceitful, but I've flat out called web designers. Mm-hmm. I've like pretended to be, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like a pastor at a church or something. And I've asked them like to give me a quote on the phone okay. and gathered some intel. There's less deceiving ways to do it. I don't wouldn't endorse that way, but there's ways if you can find out what your competition charges, that's a good way to figure out where right. you can benchmark yourself. And then a second way is to talk to your target audience and find out what they've paid for previous jobs. Uh, some pastors may not tell you or some business owners may not tell you what they paid for their website or whatever, but... Gotcha. And then the third one, and this is probably the most reasonable one, there are groups on Facebook for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, you can go in there and just flat out say, what do I charge? Here's what it looks like. Here's how long it'll take me to do. How much should I charge? Right. And okay. they'll tell you. Okay. So. Okay. And and so um, let's talk about this. Um, Christians selling to other Christians. Mm-hmm. All right. Because so when you first start up, let's take... Um, Let's take direct sales or multi-level marketing. There's tons of multi-level marketing companies out there that many people are a part of. And uh, lots of my friends are a part of one. As a pastor, I choose not to just actively engage in them. Just personally, myself, you know, we'll buy products and stuff, whether it's from our friends or different businesses, because we'd like that. But as, as far as aggressively recruiting other people to join, just as a pastor, I chose not to, to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, but that being said, man, I love small business entrepreneurs. Yeah. Talk to about the person that joins. Okay. So say they're excited and they've joined up with an MLM company. Avon. Let's, say, let's say Avon. Avon. Or Sensi or whatever. Okay. Yeah. There's a whole, whole range. Yeah. And so you, you start with the company and you're excited about it. And a lot of times, as we know, it, the original pitch is, okay, well, now you need to write down a list of 50, 60 people that you know, call them up and invite them to a party all sure. right, or, or different things. Okay. Again, I'm not picking on one, one company or another. Um, what, give us some guidelines for people like that that are getting engaged in the church. Should they ever approach... Uh, other Christians in their local congregation to uh, support them and things like this. I'd say before you do that, you have to check your motivation. I think two things should motivate you. A, you genuinely want to help and serve the people that you're selling to. And B, you should be genuinely passionate about the product that you're selling. I think with that filter, that would probably eliminate a great deal of mid-level marketing people that I have come in, in, in touch with because a lot of the times it's primarily about money. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's wrong to care about money as a Christian in the sense that we need money to live and we need to provide and we all have jobs and, you know, that's important. But, you know, if your main thrust is to make money, you, I'm sure you've encountered those MLL people who... Who, who just, they run through the organizations, like they're part of Avon one week, the next week they're part of Sensi, and the other week they're part of this, they're part of that. Exactly, And yeah. really, yeah. those are the people that have in some ways ruined it for other people who genuinely want to sell. Right. And so when you go into your small group and you're like, hey, join this thing, and uh, I'm gonna have a, a Tupperware party next week. Yeah. Um, when you get the eye rolls and the people who are kind of like canceling at the last minute or kind of really right. uh, skeptical, I think the reason is because we've had a lot of, there's a lot of baggage around yeah. MLM specific type businesses. Right. That being said, if you care about the people that you're selling to and you passionately care about the product that you're selling, I think there is a space for that. And that is the, the, the foundation of, of any entrepreneurial pursuit, you know, whether it's MLM or some product that, or service that you created yourself. Right. And that should be the thrust of your sales process. That's what you're telling the people. That's really what matters at the end of the day. Here, I care about you. Here's a product that I think will actually help you. And I, I, I'm saying that because it's helped me. Yeah, and there's I, authenticity yeah, yeah. with it. I, I think that's a big thing. That's what, honestly, that's what, just personally, what I like in people. Mm-hmm. I don't like people to beat around the bush. I, yeah. I don't, I hate backdoor approaches. Yeah. I, I can't stand that. I love it when people just say, Man, I sell X, like this brand, yeah. okay? 
I don't care about the baggage that's attached to the brand. Right. This is what I sell. I'm proud of it. Man, I love it. It's helped me so much. It's whatever. It's revolutionized my skin. I don't yeah. know what it is. None. Like and, actually and, though, because a yeah. lot of people will say, just say it and... Yeah, yeah. But, but you can tell there's yeah. authenticity. I'm like, hey, let's try it out. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd rather get it from them than go pick it up at Walmart as long sure. as it's a competing price. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've written a, I have wrote a pretty strongly worded uh, article or blog entry on my website about mid-level marketing and uh, God bless the, uh, all the people who uh, genuinely believe in the product and want to serve the people that they, that are in their life. Like, that's cool. Keep doing your thing. Uh, but I was, the, the one of the main, I guess, hinges of the article was on the deceptive side of it. And I don't, and when you, ta- when you talk about deception, I don't think that only applies to mid-level marketing. It could apply to life insurance. It could apply to absolutely to, yeah. uh, to mutual funds. It could apply to products that you're selling. Maybe you bought ten thousand of them from a place in China, and you're trying to sell them here in Canada. You know, you're an importer, or whatever. Right. If you don't genuinely believe that that product can help the people that are in your life, and it, it hasn't genuinely helped you, then I don't think you should be deceiving people and you know i believe in god's justice i think that those people eventually fall off and and their businesses don't take off because a lot of people see through them yeah and then for the people who are successfully thriving off of deception then like you know yeah i think god will take care of them yeah. so but if you're in that position uh you know don't deceive i got to tell you a funny story here it just came to mind i was uh, when i was living in cincinnati for a while i was uh, i was a part of a mlm company and um and they were having a big conference and for me again it it, um and again while i'm not actively engaged in one now at the time it was helpful in some ways because it helped me understand a little bit just how to interact with other people so it was a helpful thing but i remember going to a conference it was uh, the joe lewis arena in detroit and um the person that took me there turned out to be a little bit dishonest. <laughs> Let's right. say a lot dishonest, all right? Okay. And so they took me to the conference and said, and they were actually the team leader of the regional group that I was a part of. And they said, hey, you know, come with me. I got you. You know, I'm, I'm covering you. And that, what that meant was, I'm going to sneak you into the conference because I didn't have the money to oh, afford boy. the conference at the time. Okay. And I remember, so, and, and there was about 120 people, I think, that went from our group in Cincinnati to that conference. And I remember walking along the banks of that uh, river. I guess it would be right, uh, Windsor would be the, the other side right there, outside the Joe Lewis Arena. And God's speaking to me so strongly and saying, listen, Ezra, everything you do has to be done with integrity. I remember waiting outside there for about eight, ten hours <laughs> while they finished up the conference. And then I rode home with them and kind of feeling like an idiot, you know, because yeah. everyone's experienced this. But that was a changing, that was... A, a deciding moment in my life and what's interesting is since that time that group leader he's since he's uh, divorced from his wife the whole company oh. be, that regional branch fell apart that sucks just and, and i'm like i could have been a part of that though if i'd made the wrong choice in that situation mm. you know yeah god god gives us his commands not just for holiness sake he's not just saying do what i say because because yeah <laughs> but he he honestly wires in our well-being into his commands and walking with integrity is essential for that you know so i want to transition let's chat about churches for a little bit um for the pastor that's listening and they're saying that again this doesn't apply just to pastors but let's use the church as an illustration churches can sometimes do a pretty bad job i think on social media and, and i'm not casting stones at others i'm saying myself yeah starting okay like i I don't do a good job in social right, media. Right. So talk to people like me. <laughs> um, how do we do a better job of presenting what we do as a church congregation, but doing it in a way that's well and uh, really a f- reflects our mission as sure. opposed to just sounding like we're just pushing the latest event and that's it. I think authenticity was the, you know, just to tie back to that original point, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook is, is a prime example and they, they are starting to, demote facebook pages within people's news feeds okay because they created facebook initially for people to connect to people not businesses or ministries to connect with people and so i think i think there is a level of authenticity that has to be there where 
it's not like, hey, look at us, this big group, this faceless group of people we want you to engage with our product, come to our service, and then you're just asking, 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 asking. Uh, a lot of people, they think social media is primarily about asking people for things, but I would say that social media is primarily about giving and communicating and, and freely blessing people with things. And so, uh, you know, that authenticity where you're coming out of a place of, 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 of service is really essential to the social media game. And it, it, it impacts the, the language you use. It impacts uh, what you say and what you share. And, you know, you're seeking to be a blessing in a, in a, in a digital mission field, basically. So on, let's take Facebook, for example. Um, what are the, some of the analytical rules for the video? Because, uh, again, I'm assuming maybe most people know this already, but that you, if you notice on a business page, um, if you follow the analytics at all, oftentimes business pages do not get pushed as much as a personal page, and uh, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So talk about the behind the scenes, what Facebook does, and what types of posts will generate more traffic and which ones yeah. will not. So Facebook's primary example is that you would stay within Facebook. Not example. Their primary goal is to keep you within Facebook. What's What do you mean by that? So they don't want you to use YouTube. They don't want you to read people's blogs. They don't want you to uh, like exit the site and do something on another site. They want okay. you to yep. interact yep. within their atmosphere, within their environment, and they want you to stay there and stay there as long as possible so that you'll see their ads. You will, you know, develop like a deeper bond with the product and it'll just integrate deeper into your life. You know, if you're right, right. clicking off and reading somebody's website or you're watching a YouTube video, there is a chance that you won't come back, you know? Yeah. And so I would say that's the first thing, you know, if you can understand that and, you know, primary good examples of that is using Facebook video. So if you have a video that you want people to see and instead of exclusively uploading it to YouTube, you can upload it to Facebook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a good way. Uh, using photos. Yeah. Uh, the trick for, for that one is uh, I like to post a photo and then type type the link in the, in the description of the post. So if you want people to click out, the link is there, but Facebook isn't detecting it as a link. You know when you paste the link, mm -hmm. a URL into Facebook, and then it creates an automatic thumbnail? Right that those types of posts have lower priority i know I, I didn't know that yeah so so if you first you click add photo yeah then maybe you write your text in a separate like in a in a notepad file then you paste it in right and then you make sure that the link so you say like link to read more and then you paste the url in the body interesting as opposed to posting it first and interesting yeah, okay so facebook detects that and they're like eh we don't really like that. We want you to stay and stay on our service. Okay. Okay. That's uh, interesting. Facebook groups is a good way to stay yep. within it. Um, what about Facebook live videos? Perfect example too. Is is that going to go away? Is that, is that going to be, I've heard the rumors that it's going to be charged eventually. Is that, um, yeah. is that here to stay or? I think it's here to stay. I think it's going to go through the roof actually because yeah. um, what the, I'd say the, the main reason people love podcasts for example is they really like that genuine human interaction yeah and there's nothing that enriches human interaction than the liveness of human interaction so to see somebody share or talk or multiple people talk but have the live component in there where things could mess up or you're subject to like outside uh you know circumstances changing how you're talking people I don't know if it's a conscious thing, but I think subconsciously people react to that. It's like, this, that is, hap yeah. this is happening yep. now. This is cool. I get yep. to watch something in real time. Even if I'm not there, it feels like I'm there. Yeah. Um, I don't think, like, maybe they'll start adding, like, like video ads. I don't see them actually charging for the service, but... Well, an example of that was that whole draft video that went around. Mm. You know, millions and millions of people tuning in to see this live draft, you know, the whole this draft give birth on... Yeah. Live, you know facebook live yeah. it's like why is everyone tuning into this well it's live it's live <laughs> if it had been or you know a previously played yeah. video i had nothing not to do with the, the the species it had nothing to do with uh the time of day or and even the fact that it was that amazing it was the fact that it is happening now and yeah and i mean you know it's interesting i'm in a really on a really sad note you have like there have been examples of crime commit on facebook Right. And, you know, people clicking watch because it's live. 
yeah, yeah, without sure. even processing the fact that what I'm watching isn't good. So no, I don't think live will go away. I, I think uh, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, Twitter Live, which is formerly known as Periscope, and then uh, YouTube, those will always, uh, I think they're going to grow. And it's cool seeing like products engage with that and even churches live stream their services. That's a pre- pretty cool development. So. I think I already know your answer to this because this is what you do. You create and you design. Mm-hmm. But I want you to talk to the entrepreneur right now who's, and not just entrepreneur, but church, you know, uh, pastor, and they're saying, okay, well, I know I should have a better website. All right. right. And we've all been yeah. to really bad websites. Sure. And what's, what's funny is some, pe- some people do great. And, um, and they'll have terrible websites and I'm like, how do you sell anything? But they have a great product and right. they, they do it. All right. So website isn't everything, but it's more and more. It's a lot. If I go to a place and it has a crummy website, it's going to be tough for me to, uh, hmm. to purchase from there. Sure. So talk to the entrepreneur that they're saying, okay, I'm starting off, but I don't know if I want to put that investment, mm-hmm. um, that church that's saying, okay, if we put a thousand, two thousand dollars into a website, and that's kind of on the lower end, that's going to be. We don't have the budget for that. Why is that important? I mean, the website is. Uh, you know, uh, when people when people find out about your church or your product, or when they are maybe they have a problem and they are looking for a solution, and your product is, or service is directly attached to solving or fixing that problem. The first thing that we do is Google. And so if you don't have a good website, you are not going to be in the search results. Well, people... And I'm an example of this. Because when you set us up about, about uh, coming up on a year ago, about nine months ago, we weren't set up for that. Again, yeah. just a dumb mistake on my part. Right. But now, since you've set us up with that, with Google Analytics, all that kind of stuff, right. um, even just um, two weeks ago, we had two people show up. Why? Because they had Googled our church and I ha- you know, I thought, well, I have it on the website. It's it's up there, so people can see it. Well, no, because we weren't prioritized for them yeah. to see it before. So explain that for again, dumb people like me that well, don't it, understand. This it's interesting because I've heard pastors say stuff like, uh, "Well, you know, marketing doesn't save people. My website's not going to save people." And absolutely, you're right. You know, we preach Christ crucified. That's what saves people when they believe in the gospel, but how do you get people to hear? And if we believe that the gospel is applicable to all circumstances, there are times when God is calling people and they will, what are they using in this day and age? They're using Google. And so you have to be ready to, 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 to meet that need. If they search up uh, Toronto church or Kansas city church, you know, who, who are they going to go to when they're in times of need or, Maybe they're transitioning out of another church. Like, what kinds of stuff should a church have on their website? Give me the top five things. Top five would be a uh, very uh, personal and vivid images of who goes to the church, um, where you can have uh, visible examples of how the gospels like reacting in their life and joy, just happy faces, people interacting, people in fellowship. That's a huge one. Second one is. Uh, just a very key statement about what you are offering to the community. You know, everybody makes a promise. Your website is a promise. We promise to provide X, Y, Z if you come to our church. Uh, the third thing should be where you're located. You straight up, I've seen a lot of churches not have that in high enough priority. You, you shouldn't have to fish for that. Eh? You should not no. have to fit. And if you, if people have to, if you're forcing people to, to scroll through your site so that they can see your address, what time you meet, um, what city you're located in, how to contact you if they have questions, if they have to look like with, I believe you're going to lose their attention within even two to three seconds, which I know for most people listening, it doesn't seem like a long time, but you know, well, it's important for me to understand that because when I was creating a website, just on my own time, right. you know, I just doing a very basic site that we used for the first couple of years up here. I mean, I know some of this stuff, right? But on the same hand, I'm spending hours and hours and hours doing this, and so right. you tend to you tend to miss the obvious. Yeah, yeah you know, it, you, you tend it, to just think, okay, well, yeah. 
of course they're going to know what time it is starts or you know and yeah you just flat out sometimes miss some of those yeah. these obvious things don't you so i always told so. you know churches you got to have that readily upfront available for the churches that are more budget conscious i mean you know i i'm not always a fan of of, of recommending this but there are like inexpensive services like squarespace uh wix that you could use um but those websites are they're, they're still rendered useless if you're not filling it with the right content so you know if if the the design fee is too high for you at least talk to a professional who can help you strategically people often will ask me what sets your services apart from other web designers and i'll always say you can always find a cheaper one and you can always find one that makes the sites more beautiful and do more things but where i stand out is that i'm able to help uh churches kind of um present a very clear presentation right out of the gate and come up with a, a very strategic layout so that the obvious things are presented up front and that the website is easy to use right and i think right. you know you could spend ten thousand dollars on a website and not get that you know yeah and you know what's the point yeah i mean and the thing is is most web designers are not thinking in that way because they don't go to church or they've never been in ministry and they're not thinking through like from the visitor perspective, what a visitor may be seeking when they come to your website. Yeah, that's a good um, thought. So, because when when we first started interacting, and I was thinking of having you do not only our Discovery Point Church website but the Monday Christian website, originally I'm kind of like, well, I can do a lot of this stuff on my own. But here's what really tipped me, I guess, over in my mind was I said, you know what, I might be able to create some sort of splash page and like I've done in the past and get things up there, but long term. I know there's going to be a number of things that I'm going to miss that I'm going to wish were built in from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's what's helped. So even from our podcast, you know, you just knew different things about that. Again, this isn't a commercial for what you do, but I'm just saying very honestly, from my perspective, how, how that really changed my thought process and made me realize, okay, it's actually worth it in the long run to put a little more upfront investment get you know and then you have this platform established and you have something to work off of as opposed yeah. to half building something right and then you're like two years later oh stink i've got all these videos and yeah. podcasts on but i put them on the wrong platform now right. i've got to switch everything over yeah yeah that, i mean and there are certainly other good designers and service providers maybe you know people who are in local communities there's people out there. i'm not the only guy who knows how to do that but I would say whoever you work with, they should have that because your website is your foundation and your content is built on it. So if you have a weak foundation, people are not going to be able to process all of the, the hard work that you're putting in to building your business or your church, you know, so you have to start right. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, this has been really helpful and uh, we're about out of time here. So um, give an encouragement to entrepreneurs who are going through the thick of things right now, maybe they just made that initial plunge or they're thinking about making that plunge, finish us out today. Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, just keep refining that vision that God has for your life. Uh, keep refine, uh, refining your product. You know, you know, really think through how God would have you use your products or your services to, to impact the community and to, to, to genuinely help people. Um, and, and then the third thing would be just keep persevering. It's, it's, it's hard. And I mean, even uh, I'm almost four years in. Uh, th there are times when even just two months ago when or, or even less where it was we weren't sure where the next pro uh, project would come from. But if you put your best foot forward and make sure your website's updated and you're continually, you know, pitching your, your services or your products to people you meet if you believe in it and you believe that it will help them i think the lord is faithful to provide um seek first the kingdom of god and he will provide you know like that's a that's a biblical promise that we can lean on and i think that directly uh, applies to entrepreneurs especially ones who are who have taken the risk uh, uh you know of the well-being of their families and are out there trying to to, to pay their rent and their their bills off of the the, the, the businesses that they've uh, built, you know? Yeah, good stuff. God will provide. He'll provide those jobs and just stay in that posture of thankfulness. Don't ever forget who's who's paying your bills. Yeah. You're a servant, he, yep. and he's going to use you to do that. And you can witness to people, not just 
directly through your words by sharing the gospel but as a service provider you or a product uh, seller you have the ability to to leave an impact on people as you uh as you sell with integrity as you uh, uh provide excellent uh, customer service as your prices are fair as you pay your employees yeah. on time and right. fairly right. uh not t- exploiting uh your your workers like those are all things that you can do that um are directly in line with god's call for your life and if you seek first the kingdom and do those things he will provide so Good stuff. and tithe I, tithe to your church that's a big one <laughs> do it as a pastor i'll second that tithe man um you know I, as i was listening to you there i remember several years ago when i was listening to um, mark batterson's one of my favorite authors really connect with the way that he writes the style and I was listening to him talk to a room full of uh, um, people that were writing. And he said, you know, he said, if God's called you to write, you just do it. You don't worry about finding a publisher. And he's someone who's been very successful in writing, but he said, you just do it because God's called you. And that really released me a lot because it's like you go through all the fears of, oh, man, well, people, you know, like what I write, you know, well, all these different things and my writing stinks and I can't even, I do run on sentences that, you know, my editor has to correct, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it really releases you from yeah, that. Yeah, and that's so, the vision so, that God yeah. put on your life. You yeah. know, you keep coming back to it because that's the only thing yeah. that will sustain you at the end of the day when times are tough, you know. Did God yeah. call you to it? Exactly. Then you keep going. All right, give us a deal. Um, you know, any special discounts for uh, right. Monday Christian listeners? Right. So, cabinetcreative.com, C A B I N E T, creative.com. Go to the contact page or right on the homepage, there is a start a project area. And just mention that uh, you heard uh, about what I do through the Monday Christian podcast, and you will receive 10% off your first job. Hey, sweet. Anything. Well, thank you so much, Jermaine. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. This has been good. Well, there you have it once again. And like Jermaine said, if you want to go over to cabinetcreative.com, you can put in the promo code, get 10% off, and uh, Jermaine will help you out. He's a great guy to work with and been very, very helpful to me. So, hey, hope this show was helpful. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, feel free to email me, Ezra at themondaychristian.com. That's Ezra at themondaychristian.com, and I'd love to hear from you. But until next time, I'll talk to you all again very soon. You've been listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program that helps you put into action the truth of God's Word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. For more info on this program, simply visit our website, themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.